Somebody cut out that long pause yep, before Chris said his name. I literally yeah. just completely <laughs> forgot what we were doing. <laughs> yep, that's going in the intro. Okay. to another episode of Hidden Doors and High Scores podcast where three dudes talk about games. My name's Austin. I'm Chris. And I'm Garrett. And let's get into the news. Justin Wong versus Daigo. Did you guys not have phones? Yeah, you guys not have phones. Happy feet. Wombo Mama. 599 US dollars. Borderlands 3 gets a surprise new update four years after its initial launch. Surprising considering the average player count sits at just under 4,000 over the past 30 days. Saints Row developer Volition shuts down after 30 years as Embracer Group restructures. This is the second major studio Embracer Group has shut down in less than a year, the other being Onoma, otherwise known as Square Enix Montreal. Best known for its work on Lorecraft Go, Hitman Go, and DaceX Go, all mobile games. The highly anticipated Starfield releases September 6th, but if you purchase Game Pass Ultimate for a month, you can play it now. Not a lot this week, but that's it for the news. Back to you, Chris. Thanks, Garrett. This week on Hidden Doors and High Scores, we're talking about Pikmin 4, latest installment in the long-running Pikmin series by Nintendo which is a quote-unquote real-time strategy game, as we were just discussing. Is it? I don't know. Yeah, for someone who's never played the series before, essentially the concept is uh, you're kind of a lone astronaut on a strange world, and you have these little plant creatures that you find called Pikmin, and you basically get a whole army of them to follow you around, and then you throw them at stuff to make them carry it or to knock down a wall or to weigh down a weight or whatever and that's basically the whole game is go around and collect things and explore the world and there's different types of pikmin that you throw at stuff and some of them you know are immune to electric damage and some of them are immune to fire damage and some of them are immune to water and whatever so that's the strategy with air yeah you're trying to maximize the amount that you can do in one day you get a day's time to complete all this yeah i I was gonna say like that's the strategy element right is like is like organizing tasks efficiently i guess is Uh, Mm -hmm. the art of dandori (laughs) which they talk about a lot every time they said that i just kept thinking of tandoori chicken it made me hungry playing this game (laughs) just just Need to go get Indian food, I guess. They really talk about Dandori a lot in like the loading menu tips and like there's like a whole Dandori battle system that we'll talk about later. But like (laughs) they really keep talking about like, ah, it's about the art of like efficiently categorizing and carrying out your tasks, which yeah, that's the only like puzzle or sort of strategy in this game. I don't remember. Have you guys played the prior Pikmin games? Was like the day limit... A similar in prior games i don't remember yes that. yes okay. and i would say the third one was much more real-time strategy in terms of you had multiple characters that would take multiple groups of pikmin out and you'd have to divide and conquer oh interesting yeah 
So this one, you really only get a dog and you. Yeah. And there's not too much variance you can do with that. My previous experience with the Pikmin series is playing Olimar on Super Smash Brothers. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> Fair. And only when I get him on random, because I would never, ever pick him intentionally. <laughs> I was going to say, I hate Olimar. I can't play that character. <laughs> I play a lot of Smash characters. I've seen some crazy stuff that people can do with him, but it ain't it ain't for me. Yeah. You are not playing as Olimar in this game. You're playing as a character of your choice, player-created character of the Rescue Corps who's there to rescue Olimar, which... I was very confused by because I thought Olimar's like the first Pikmin game was him getting off the planet. So I didn't really understand that. Well, and the thing is like this game begins with like you playing as Olimar and they're showing you like a flashback, maybe, apparently, I guess. And so it's like he's like, oh, I'm almost ready to get off the planet. And then uh, I don't, you play as him for like 10 seconds and then you're like, oh, the rescue cord received a distress call. Let's go get him. And then they get in trouble. And then that's where the game starts. Yeah, this game is definitely not a direct sequel to Pikmin 2 and 3. This is just its own its own Olimar adventure. Yeah, that makes no sense with the previous game. So it's outside of the games completely. It's like non-canon almost, even though it's clearly like a canon member of the series. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Very strange. So it's an alternate dimension, alternate universe, maybe. Which we get into first. Since we haven't really got into the gameplay yet, Pikmin 4 in Japan, this is trivia I found. In Japan, Pikmin 4 had the best launch week of the entire series so far, which it's been 10 years since Pikmin 3 came out. So like I don't I don't know if I'm surprised by that or not. Like, did people just forget what Pikmin was? I or like were they excited for it? They must have been really excited for it over there. I don't know, I guess. It sold like it sold 400,000 physical copies in Japan, which is more than the three than Pikmin one, two and three combined in their first week. That's wild. All right. Crazy. Yeah, I guess Pikmin three was a Wii U game and that system. Oh, wow. That's severely underperformed. But like the first one, the first one had to have been was GameCube GameCube. And that's like it was definitely good. That was wildly popular. I mean, I remember when the first Pikmin came out, I never played it. But like, I just remember seeing it (laughs) everywhere. And two was on the Wii and the Wii was wildly popular. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. I just yeah, I, I saw that sale number and I was just astounded. Like I just and that's just that's just in Japan. That's not worldwide right. sales. Or and that's like, physical units. Yeah, physical copies. Four hundred. It was four hundred one thousand eight hundred fifty three. Dang. Uh, yeah. Physical units. So yeah, right. d- that doesn't include digital download, which is probably the majority of A the sales more. at this yeah. point. Yeah. You gotta think, right? I would think so. Although maybe for more kiddie games. You get more physical copies because somebody like gets their kid a present and they like physically get mm-hmm. them a for sure. Like, and also, you know, the, I'm sure that there are there's some considerations with like parental controls and the kids' access to the eShop and exactly, all that kind yes. of stuff. Like, right. yeah. yeah, like kids aren't buying themselves games on the eShop. Right, it's more likely their parents are going out and buying a physical disc. Yeah, or a physical that's probably that's probably true. I like that we went from cartridges to discs, and now we're back to. Cartridges? Is that what you call those? (laughs) Yeah, they're cartridges. Yeah, they're cartridges. It's more of a a card. It's an SD card. Yeah, yeah. I just, I also think it's funny that, like, 
I fully bought a Nintendo Switch being like, I haven't bought a new system since the Xbox 360 and never had the ability to buy like digital copies. And then we just keep ending up with physical copies of games. <laughs> like, I have a physical copy of Pikmin. I got a physical copy of Tears of the Kingdom. I got a physical copy of... <laughs> I think I have a Breath of the Wild physical copy. I think I have a Super Smash Brothers physical copy at this point. Like, yep, me too. Why did, like, I bought this thing specifically to only be digital so that I never had to like <laughs> get up and change a, change a cartridge. And now I'm doing it all the time. Well, luckily we've, well, other than this, uh, you shouldn't have had to change cartridges too much because all those other games were pretty long. But this game was pretty damn short. Yeah. On the subject of efficiency, and like the, the gameplay being about efficiency. It really reminded me of Katamari Damashi. I don't know if anybody else got that vibe from this game. 100%. That's what I've always thought. Having never played them, that's what I've always thought the Pikmin games are. It's, it's just that it is a, it's a game with no real fail state. It's just about like trying to efficiently complete the level. Mm -hmm. and do it kind of as, as well as you can, as quickly as you can. And the satisfaction is not necessarily about, like, completing it. it. It's yeah. it's about, like, having fun feeling like you are doing good, like you're doing it the right way. Mm -hmm. Now, Katamari Damashi has incredible music, and, like, the sort of progression of getting bigger and bigger and bigger in that game is really, really viscerally satisfying in a way that, you know, adding five more Pikmin to your team is just not. Right. Yeah. Katamari, Katamari is also silly in a way that this game isn't, right? Like, it's, yeah. it's unrealistic in a, like a... Oh yeah, it's wild and fucking weird. In an entertaining and weird way where this game never really progresses in the same way, I don't feel like. I mean, you do get, like, the ability to add more and more Pikmin, and then you can take down bigger and bigger things, but it's like, I don't know, Katamari was just faster paced, and it's just... Yeah, let's... Should we talk about just like the gameplay generally sort of? Yeah, that? sure. Because I think this game is is pretty much it's a it's one of these cozy, relaxing, kind of mindless collect-a-thon kind of games. Like it's not, I you know, it's real-time strategy again in, in quotes. Yeah. Like I don't think this game takes a lot of like brain power. You're not going to die a bunch and have to restart a level. There is even like a cancel death in previous games, like, you yeah. whole Pikmin could get accidentally wiped out. And in this game, it's just like, oh, go back a few seconds. Yeah, you can rewind you and just like, yeah. yeah. So it kind of eliminates that kind of scariness, too. So it's it's a very simple game. I do actually like that because in a game like this, I'm actually, if you're coming to this game looking for a gameplay challenge, you've come to the wrong game, I think. And so the idea that, you know, your Pikmin could be coming up and all of a sudden a water spout that you didn't see pops up and kills 20 Pikmin. You're like, well, ah, God, come on. And like having to go back and farm 20 more Pikmin sounds frankly miserable. It's brutal. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm actually very happy with the time rewind thing. There are also some sections where like there's a there's like a level progression to the game, but they don't really like railroad you within the levels. And so like. You can gain access to certain areas out of order, like the cave systems. Yeah. But there are certain types of new Pikmin that are introduced that have like a particular power or a particular resistance that you don't know about if you don't go to like this one specific cave first where it plays you a cinematic and says, you know, it pops up something on the screen that says, oh, 
rock Pikmin are immune to crushing damage or whatever. And so, like, if you go to a different cave and find rock Pikmin and you don't know what they do and you use your other Pikmin and they get killed by a crushing thing when you should have been using rock Pikmin, that feels bad. And so you rewind time and then you go. It took me literally one one occurrence of that happening to be like, oh, I bet these rock Pikmin don't get crushed by shit. But it was still like, come on, man, like just play the the cinematic the first time I encounter them ever and not in this one particular location. There there is sort of this weird sort of open worldy kind of thing where there's like five different maps or six different maps, something like that. But in terms of how you explore that map is really left up to you and it's up to you sort of how mu- how deeply you want to go through the collectathon and find absolutely every treasure on the map, explore absolutely every cave or whether you just kind of want to find a couple of people that you're looking for trying to rescue and just move on to the next area. Yeah, I think collecting everything, it took me about 30 days. I think you can beat this game in four or five days if you do it absolutely efficient. But also you kind of have to just stumble upon the right right place areas. And that was something I really didn't like about this game, but I think it was just because I was trying to progress the story instead of just taking it as the relaxing cozy game that i think it's supposed to be but yeah essentially you're trying to find all these people that have been stranded on the planet but yeah you just kind of go out and explore and like once in a while you go in a cave and there's a dude in there and you're like oh good and some of those dudes progress the story and some of them don't Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so you just it's just random or at least it feels that way uh to me it felt that way to me playing it and i didn't like that i want clear objectives in my games as we've discussed before i don't like open world stuff where it's make your own fun i'm like tell me the thing that i need to do and if you want to give me side quests and let me explore that's fine but i definitely want an objective and i I felt like i was wandering a lot in this game the game doesn't do a good job of putting this in your face but there is a loading screen dialogue that says like oh the rescue core probably hidden caves to stay away from scary monsters at night and like that's the only part where it's like explore every single cave that's where all the people are and the whole point of the game is finding the people it never says that in any dialogue box or any like thing it like pops up in front of your screen like while you're playing the game it never does that so did you guys 100 percent explore everything i haven't finished the game yet but i have 100 percented every area that i've been to so far okay Okay. i'm like damn near close to the end of the game and yeah i mean i've 100 percented four areas probably how did you feel about the new multiplayer thing in this game so i tried it with alex uh the other day and it is god awful. Do not recommend oh, no. hot garbage. <laughs> it's so, so terrible. One of you has normal controls. Just so one person just normally. plays. Player one just plays the game normally, and then player two just has a disembodied crosshair that floats across the street. You don't play as a character. It'd been way cooler if player two played as the dog. Mm-hmm. Well, you get your do- each player gets their own dog. No. Oh, you're talking. No, no, no. I'm talking about the the PVP thing. Oh, no, I didn't do that. The, the Dandori that? Oh, okay. battle. No, I'm talking yeah, about there's yeah, a yeah. co-op mode in this game. Oh, I which didn't is realize that. <laughs> so terrible. It's just you just get a nebulous crosshair and player two just smashes the A button to throw rocks. And that actually can be what? useful, maybe 
if you like you because you can do damage to enemies and stuff like that like instead okay. of so they're essentially just a pikmin and then also uh if you hit like if groups of pikmin are carrying items if you hit them with rocks they will speed up for like half a second oh um, okay. so you can actually like you can actually like make the game more efficient like you can do stuff faster if you're like really good the problem is that player two doesn't get a split screen, so they can't aim wherever they want. They can only aim where player one aims the camera. And the other thing you're supposed to be able to do is like build up this co-op meter and then you get an item, which is like the items that player one can buy from one of the characters that do oh, yeah. like like mm-hmm. the carrots that like distract or paralyze or whatever. And like there's some other items you can get and stuff. It's just so unwieldy and so hard to use. And like we just didn't feel we did it for like 20 minutes and we just didn't feel like there was any contribution by the second player at all so do not recommend co-op mode it's for your little brother that wants to play with yeah 100 percent yeah yeah 100 it is for the it's exactly the same as the the co-op thing in in kirby forgotten lands yeah Mm -hmm. and they can't cause any harm right right no they cannot do anything bad Okay, it's they can very only mechanic. Okay, they yeah, can yeah, yeah. only contribute <laughs> in the smallest possible way without getting in the way of player one's actual game progression. Got it, Garrett. Did you play the PvP? Well, the PvP, I, I didn't play against anyone. I played against the computers, but like the last two are actually, you actually have to think about it because. Yeah, so we should talk about that. So I don't, because I don't think that's been in any Pikmin game before this. So in addition to just exploring around the world and finding stuff, uh, there are some caves, essentially, that have a thing called a Dandori battle. And it is basically you versus an AI astronaut person with their own astro dog and their own set of Pikmin. And you're just trying to, like, collect more stuff than they do faster. Yeah, and then you can also get like Mario Kart upgrades that do like lightning to all their guys and then <laughs> can get your Pikmin to grab a bomb and send it to his base and then his base blows up and you can start stealing his stuff back. It is funny, but I mean, I I would I would love if they had an online multiplayer. I totally would have done that a couple times, but they don't and It seemed like it was a fun little mini game a couple yeah. times when I played it, you know. And I think you only over the course of the game there's only like five of them. I feel like maybe one per level, five or six of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um and they do get progressively harder like genuinely I like I feel like I beat the first one and like I won by like 100 points or something oh, like yeah. that and by the time I got you know 3 or 4 in it was like I was still winning pretty comfortably but it was 20 points you know like it was the mm-hmm. the, the AI does get better yeah I thought it was a good change of pace for the game I could see somebody who is really trying to just like chill out playing this game maybe not liking it as much because suddenly it's mm-hmm. a time sensitive competitive it's pretty frantic, frantic yeah. kind of game yeah. whereas like i think the appeal of pikmin is like chill out and just like get stuff done and it's like oh if you don't get it done today that's okay it's always another day so but yeah i thought it was a nice change of pace i thought it was an interesting idea though that they added both that and once you progress far enough along in the game you can start doing missions at night like the whole thing about the being having to be efficient is that you have a certain number of hours during the day and you can't be there at night because there's scary monsters or whatever. And then you eventually unlock the ability to go do things at night. But the things that you do, it's not 
like play the game more at night it's a completely different game Mm -hmm. it's more like tower defense right it's a tower defense game and like that was also a change of pace and i just thought it was interesting that they did both of those it was like two things that are separate from the main core gameplay loop and i'll say i liked both of those things better than the main core gameplay loop probably because they felt a little more frantic and a little more challenging but i wish there was more to the night missions the night missions are very one-dimensional yeah, like, and I actually wish it would have been something a little more tower defensey. Like, I would have loved to, like, collect glow Pikmin and use them to, like, build a wall around my base or build a little yeah. tower that the Pikmin could shoot glow balls out of or whatever. I thought that would have been much more interesting. Instead, you just kind of go around and you collect glowy bits that give you more glow Pikmin. And then when the bad guys show up, you huck Pikmin at them like you do all the time. I mean, I will say on the last version of it, you do have to use, you have to utilize the items that you can buy from the shop and set up like mines at different areas. Like, mm-hmm. But it's only on the final one that you actually have to think about it. So it's a little too, a little too late. It's not like it's building that into the actual gameplay of it. It's just like, oh, it gets to the point where it's so hard that you need to buy items from the shop to like win. It's not like integrated it as part of the gameplay. You know what I mean? Which is pretty Mm -hmm. silly because the first like, I don't know, nine or ten of them are so ridiculously easy that you don't even really have to do anything. Like there's a mechanic where you can just tell your your pup guy to defend your base and he will beat the game by himself yeah oh yeah if you've upgraded ochi a few times and and just like i don't know like they give you so much time at the beginning of those things like before the creatures start attacking your base that like i was routine routinely getting 70 80 pikmin oh yeah before the monsters start attacking and it's just trivial at that point right. like they they yeah. do damage so quickly that the monsters can't kill them right and it's just like yeah like you just don't even re- at that point you just stand there and wait for the night to be over because there's no point in going out there's no point in going like as far afield as you possibly can and getting all the glow pikmin because you just don't right. need them you don't need them and yeah i, I think not to preview too much my my final thoughts on this game, but I really feel like this is in the same kind of category as Kirby and the Forgotten Land, and y'all know how I felt about that Ooh, game. Uh, I don't know if I agree on that. As soon as I played one hour of this game, I already knew that you were going to say that, and I already knew what your opinion about this game was going to be. My opinion is it's not a game. You can't... <laughs> there's no fail states. It's impossible to lose... It doesn't feel like there's a challenge. It's just not that much of a game. It's too easy. It is a chill activity. <laughs> yes. The, yeah. the the core base game is just hang out and relax and play the game. But then all the side stuff, like the Dendori battles, and then there's also the time-sensitive ones where you have to collect all the things within the time limit. That's the kind of challenge stuff that's in this game. Yeah. And yes, the first few aren't that hard, but... As it, as it gets to the last ones, they're actually a challenge to the game, but I can see why you fell off before that. But again, just that's the as, same thing. Just as we're the, the forgotten just as yeah. It's the exact it's same thing. Trivially <laughs> easy until you get to the very end of the game, and it's like, oh, here's every boss all at once. Like, Yeah, yeah. Oh, by the way, were there bosses in this game? I never fought any. There is a like final big... boss. Okay. But no bosses along the way. I didn't find any. 
I was kind of hoping for a, a more interesting big battle. monsters. I was, yeah, yeah I was gonna say I was. I sort of felt like those big monsters were like the boss of each because each like map has one of them basically. Okay, and I was like, those yeah. are the boss of the level. But again, they are trivially easy if yeah. you have explored all the way and like upgraded the amount of Pikmin you can get in each area. You know, by the time you get to sixty Pikmin at at <laughs> once, it's like here's boom, you like do a thing where all your Pikmin get on your pup and then you ram into the guy and all the Pikmin go on him at once and then three quarters of the health bar is gone. Like, okay. Yeah, well. if you if you are 100%ing each level, you probably can kill each boss of that level in what, like 30 seconds? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe oh, less? Yeah. And none of your Pikmin will die? <laughs> Correct. Yeah, it's pretty dumb. Yeah, it's not hard. No, you guys mentioned uh, upgrading stuff. We should talk a little bit about the RPG kind of system of upgrading sure. OG. Oh yeah, and and the stuff you can buy to like the enhancements. Um, not not the single use items, but there's like sort of permanent upgrades to your character. Also. So there's like a home base ish area that is like it's the end of the first like it's the tutorial exploration gets you to that thing, and then you keep going back to that like central hub. And the more people you find from like the rescue corps, and then you start finding other people that aren't part of the rescue corps, they just like keep adding more space to your base and more mechanics and more. A lot of them are just like, here are some like collect-a-thony things, and then you get a resource that you can spend on other stuff. But some of them are like, you know, you have to find the captain of the ship to train Ochi, and he like those are the best upgrades in the game, in my opinion, are like mm-hmm. doing the stuff that he gets because you can command him to do different things or he does more damage or he can he the big thing is yeah his ability to act like a hundred pikmin and just pull yeah. basically anything by himself uh which again I mean, makes that's the game like the trivially easy first thing you go for that was the first thing i did is i upgraded him three times and then he had the strength of a hundred pikmin and i was like what yep. do i need pikmin for again right yeah there's yeah. efficiency so you can do multiple things at once that's what you need him there's another guy that does some other passive upgrades that are like health max health upgrades and defense upgrades and elemental resistance upgrades and then he also gives you he gives you some cool items which is like the one thing that they did add in this game that apparently they'd never had in a pikmin game before again i don't know i never played them but there's the ability to so once you if you send pikmin to carry something to your base they will carry it to your base and then they will sit there and do nothing uh, and you have to go collect oh, them. Yeah. And there is yeah. an item in this game that you get, you know, pretty early. I don't know, maybe like a third of the way through the game that you can call them back to you. Uh, any idle Pikmin will just come straight to where you are. And that was a huge quality of life improvement over the first, I don't know, three, four hours of the game. Yeah. Otherwise, you're just ferrying back and forth constantly. Yeah, it was very annoying. annoying for a game that's all about efficiency. That really made the efficiency factor really work for me the big final upgrade that you can get is reduce the damage olimar takes and double his health which i didn't know he took damage (laughs) (laughs) i don't think i ever took damage in this game (laughs) i i at some point realized that when you've sent all your pick window like smash down a wall you can also just walk up and just punch you can punch the wall yeah. Yep, absolutely. It does like almost nothing, but you can do it because you know what else are you doing while your Pikmin are working? Do you have anything about to say about graphics or art? I mean, it I mean, looked it's very cute. It looked great. It looked. I mean, it looked like a Kirby game, right? It's shiny mm-hmm. and round. Colorful. Yeah. 
I, I do have a kind of a weird piece of trivia about this. Yeah, I thought the graphics looked pretty good. You know, they're fun and cutesy, but they were developed in Unreal Engine. And this is the hmm. first Nintendo first party title that uses Unreal Engine. Interesting. Yeah. I wonder why. God, I just, I sort of just assumed that everyone used Unreal always. Like, what has Nintendo been using? Do they have, like, an, a Nintendo in-house physics engine or something like I that? I would guess they do, yeah. I don't know why that's so surprising to me. I just assumed they used Unreal before this. Right, because, well, I mean, I think it's surprising because, I like, I don't think Sony does their own in-house engines. Like, I think they use yeah. Unreal when they're making right. God of War, right? Yeah, definitely. You guys got some nits to pick? I feel like we've been picking yeah. nits, but yeah, this game is too easy. That's right. that's the nit. It's not meant to be hard. I have a nit. I have a very specific nit that I need okay, to pick. Okay, what is your nit? So sometimes there's items like up on a high shelf or somewhere out of reach. And the only way to get it to come down is to have Ochi like rush and like hit the wall and it'll mm -hmm. like knock the item down. Mm -hmm. Okay. If you have trying to get the item down from up high, not remembering that Ochi has this rush move. Um, and if you've managed to get a Pikmin on that item, then if you do I, Ochi's I rush move... Are you talking about the underneath area? That it's like one of the first underground areas. Yep. And, had the same and there thing. was like there was like a, a kind of flat can that was half height and then a tall can that was full height. And there was something on top of it. And you could get a yellow Pikmin or two mm -hmm. up to it. And I was like, God, if I can just get five of them up there, like they'll move it off. But that wouldn't work. And then I was like, oh, wait, sometimes like Ochi can like rush a thing and it'll knock it down. And so then I did that and I smacked the bottom and it didn't come down. Because if you already have a Pikmin trying to pull it, it will not get knocked down from Ochi's rush move. So I spent about 20 minutes just trying to figure that out of what I, the fuck I was supposed to do. I did the same thing and I started like walking around the whole area. Like, is there a switch or something yep, that I'm missing? Because there's no way that it's this hard. <laughs> and I was like, I know all the Pikmin. There's no Pikmin you can throw higher. Maybe the flying one, but I doubt it. Right. And it's like one of the first caves you go into. Yeah, I just remembered the OG thing and knocked it down. No problem. Lucky you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there are some kind of weird gimmicky things. There's one. There's something similar to that, too, in, in one of the areas where there's a there's a couple of the like the shiny things that you find that are buried. And so you have to have mm -hmm. OG like sniff them out. And yeah. there's one where he takes you to a thing, but he doesn't stop where the thing is because it's like on a wall. And if you look at the map, it's like it's outside the map area that you have to throw Pikmin up on top of this like tree stump that forms part of the barrier for the level. And oh, they wow. dig it up on That's top so of this tree stump. And that it was like, counterintuitive. I only found it because I was just like, well, it's got to be around here somewhere. I just started like spraying Pikmin wildly <laughs> in a circle. And one of them got up there and started doing the digging animation. And I was like, oh, OK, it's up there. It was just like, why wouldn't you just put it? It's like an open, sandy area. Why wouldn't you have just put it in the ground, like in the actual level where you can go? I don't understand. Yeah, but that was the that was the only like real, like kind of bad design thing that i noticed yeah i mean i thought the levels overall were pretty well designed there's fun ways to create shortcuts by like building bridges or or 
pushing a ramp down that allows you to access another area or by freezing a lake that allows you to cross. I think they actually did a pretty good job making a, a dense level with lots of different paths to it and lots of shortcuts to unlock. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I felt like the story was pretty basic and not noteworthy and I felt like the dialogue was painful and I wanted to skip through it as fast as possible. <laughs> yeah, and there's again another nit. There's too much of it. There's so much dialogue. Yeah. It, Why is for there so no much? reason and it just pops up crap in the middle of the screen <laughs> so you can't see what you're doing and like it just stop it. Well, and when you like talk to somebody back at the base, they'll just say the same thing like five different ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like it's like, oh, you found somebody who looked like a plant out there. What do you think the deal is with these mysterious plant people? I wonder if they were people before they were plants. And then you find out what the deal is. And then they still say that every time you find a new one. Right. <laughs> it's uh, just like, ah, oh, God, <laughs> why? Why? Yeah. Silly. I guess they need to repeat things several times for children. I don't know. I mean, that's a, that's the thing I kept having to keep in mind was that, like, this is clearly a game meant for a pretty young audience, and maybe they need to be reminded of that crap all the time. Anybody over the age of 10 should not need that much, like, hand-holding. Yeah, we'll just be jamming the skip dialogue button. Yeah. All right, should we talk about the music? Let's talk about the music. There were three main composers on the Pikmin 4 soundtrack, but the main main one, the only one you really need to know about, is named Kenta Nagata. He has been a Nintendo in-house composer for ever, like since the mid-90s. Some of his credits include Mario Kart 64. That was actually his first lead composer gig at Nintendo, so like 1995, 96, something yeah, like that. Yeah, that's a long time ago. Okay. Yeah, for the N64. He also did 1080. Oh, yeah. A snowboarding game that was freaking rad. If you guys are, if anybody's never played 1080, go get that. It's amazing. <laughs> it's like Tony Hawk, but snowboarding. Right. And also like a lot more race involved. 1080 was dope. I remember going to Blockbuster and renting 1080 very often. He did Pokemon Stadium. He did Legend of Zelda The Wind Waker. Uh, specifically, this this tidbit's just for Garrett. He 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 composed, he wrote, composed, and ranged Dragon Roost Island. What? Yeah. That wasn't Koji Kondo? Nope. I'm shooketh. Koji Kondo wow. was the lead composer, but he, but uh, Kenta Nagata wrote like wrote the music and did a lot okay. of the arranging and stuff like that. This guy's got my respect. Yeah, he also did like a lot of the other Mario Kart sequels, most of the recent ones, seven, eight, deluxe, all that kind of stuff. He's done tons uh, the of music, he's been in, and that is great. Yeah, he's been in Nintendo for like almost thirty years. He's done lots of stuff. Um, so he's the main composer for this game. Much like Kirby, I felt like Forgotten Lands. I felt like this game had music and that's (laughs) about it It, i didn't really notice i noticed the sound effects a lot in this game i noticed the pikmin throwing sound because when you throw them really fast and they'll make a woohoo sound gets really annoying when you're spamming 60 of them (laughs) at a time and like i noticed the sounds of 
tasks being completed is the thing that stands out to me. The yeah. like, chimes when you're picking, like, bring a thing back or you're yeah. like discover a, or you like build a bridge or whatever. But I can't really say I noticed the music that much. It sort of fit in the background and it was there. And, and on was... a game that's meant to be super relaxing, you should notice the music more. And I feel like in in Tears of the Kingdom, I noticed it a lot more. Animal Crossing, you notice it a lot more. This game really didn't oh, have it. I don't know about that. Like I did like. I couldn't decide if I wanted the music to be more active so that I could listen to it or if like just like sort of the rest of the game, if I wanted it to just kind of meld into the background and be like a I zone out, turn your brain off kind of thing and just not really pay attention to it. A fantastic relaxing score on this game might have turned it around for it. Sure. But I mean, but I, I like think so too. like the games you mentioned, I mean, like. People have held up like the Breath of the Wild score is like one of the best ever. You know what I mean? And like that is much better than this and much different than this. I think this doesn't this doesn't stand up to that. This is serviceable. And again, for a game that is meant to be played by a younger audience that isn't going to critically evaluate it. Like how much effort are you really going to put into mm. making a great I mean, soundtrack? What the fuck that no were they gonna... doing for 10 years? I don't know, man. <laughs> they were pl- They were making nine more Mario Kart games after they perfected that in Double Dash. So I don't know why they kept doing that. Look, I'm just saying like I because I compared it earlier to Katamari Damashi. And I think this is a great comparison point because for a game that you can just kind of like zone out and enjoy the experience of Katamari has great music. And that's part of what makes it so enjoyable is right. you're really just in that that really flowy gameplay loop where you're just kind of rolling along in both this game and and Katamari and the music makes all the difference in that game and I think and I think it's missing here yeah I know I completely agree with you uh the one of the many things that sets Katamari apart is how incredible its soundtrack is and like genuinely one of my favorite video game soundtracks ever same I still go back and listen to it every once in a while because it's that good this game is not on that level the music is serviceable it's fine it's just no it just doesn't stand out it's it's nothing to write home about it's not bad it does it's not like you know like god i don't even know if we've had a game with like particularly bad music but like i've definitely played them this is just run-of-the-mill video game music for an audience that isn't expected and shouldn't be expected to critically evaluate it and it's fine all right, should we go to final thoughts? Yep. All right, I mean, I've, I've pretty well telegraphed this, but I didn't really enjoy my time with Pikmin 4. It's just, it's not challenging. There's not that much going on in the game. It's not very long. There's not a good story. There's not good music. There's not good writing. It is <laughs> a simple, but let me say this. It is a simple, very well-crafted gameplay loop. Like the actual loop of exploring the world and digging up a treasure and bringing it back and like slowly gaining powers and slowly kind of completing everything that you can and discovering all the secrets. I actually think all of that is actually a good gameplay loop. It's just not the kind of game I like. It just doesn't have enough to keep me engaged. I think this is a great game to zone out and listen to a podcast to after a tough day at work and you just want to chill out filling the same kind of place as like a Stardew Valley. Um, It's not as good as Stardew Valley, but in that same vein, for me, this is a full $60 game. I cannot recommend it at all. 
for that price. I just don't think there's enough content and I don't think it's interesting enough. Yeah, if you if you really need a game to zone out to, if it goes on sale for like 20 bucks, but it's a Nintendo game, so maybe it'll do that in 10 years. It probably won't. Yeah. Probably <laughs> won't. So yeah, I'm I'm gonna not recommend on this. You're gonna find a you're gonna find a physical copy in a used bin yeah. GameStop or whatever. And yeah, apparently yeah. there's apparently there's lots of physical copies out there. So yeah. as long as you're good playing the game in Japanese, you're gonna be yeah. fine. <laughs> yeah. I thought this was a nice uh, turn off your brain, relaxing game. It looked pretty. The music was serviceable, but I had a good time with it. I think $60 is a little too much for this game. I'm kind of with Austin. I would think like, I don't know. If it went down to $40, I'd say get it. It's a, it's a nice, I, I think you need to know going in what kind of game this is. But yeah, $40 for a nice relaxing game like this, I think it's perfectly fair price. I'm in the same boat as you guys. I mean, I enjoyed playing it, but like after you, after like 100%ing the first area and then realizing that the rest of the game is just doing that over and over and over. Eh, I I kept doing it because I'm a completionist and I was like, I'm just going to hundred percent the game. And like, frankly, I'm so close at this point that I'm still going to go finish it now. But like, yeah, for $60, that's just no way. It, even for yeah. like a ter- relaxing, turn your brain off game. I'd rather play animal crossing. Fair. Totally agree. Yeah. It's just more my type of, gameplay loop that's just like slightly more interesting and even more of a like turn your brain off kind of thing like the the difficulty i didn't really have i didn't really care that it was easy because like again the first part of the game where it's like exploring and like getting new powers and like upgrading your stuff but like you can max out the upgrades pretty early and then it's like then what are you working towards i guess yeah, buy it in a uh, buy a physical copy in a used bin in a month and you'll get it for, you know, the better price of 20 to 30 bucks. And again, for kids like this, clearly who it's for, just like Kirby and Forgotten Lands. I think this is great, especially like little brother mode. That's great. It's just clearly not for us. And that's OK. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for us here at Hidden Doors and High Scores. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, I'm Austin. I'm Garrett. And I'm Chris. You can find us at HDHS Gaming on all the social media platforms. Uh, make sure to check us out on Twitch, see what we're playing and talking about. Come and join us on Discord. We hang out and play games there every night. We're always happy to have more gamers on the server. All those links will be in the show notes for this episode. Lastly, if you like this podcast, tell a friend, give us a rating. Both of those really help us out and we would really appreciate it. Also, I. I've been liking that more people are hopping on the Discord. I've been having fun talking with people about Divinity. Yeah. It's great. Right, you mean Baldur's Gate 3? <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> same for you. Same, same studio, basically the same game, except yeah. way better. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. I can't wait to go play more Baldur's Gate 3. See you guys. Yep. See you. Amazing. <laughs>